for being here with us <clears throat> this morning. It's a wonderful time for us to gather together to worship God and the truth in the spirit. It's a wonderful time for us to be together, and we, we thank you so much for being here with us this morning. If you are visiting with us or you consider yourself a visitor, we want to thank you so much for being here with us today. You have blessed us with your presence here this morning, and we hope that you find yourself comfortable. We hope that you find yourself edified in the lesson this morning. <clears throat> now that I'm all wired up and ready to go, I mean these wires, not, not caffeine wired. <clears throat> I hope that the study this morning is, is, is a benefit, and, and any time that we have the opportunity to open God's Word and to study from God's Word, it's going to bless our lives, it's going to enrich our lives, it's going to improve our daily Christian lives as we study God's Word. And we have been going through the fruit of the Spirit. We, 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 we've gone through all, all the fruit of the Spirit, and I get the last piece of fruit. I get temperance which is self-control. Now, I know that when we discussed these lessons when we, and when the elders kind of picked who was going to do these lessons, it, I just happened to be on this Sunday morning. It, they didn't give it to me on purpose, but as I study this topic, as I look at it, I'm like, did they know that I have the biggest problem with this piece of fruit than all the other fruits? So it's been a very beneficial study for me. Um, Miranda also reminded me that back in 2021, I also did a study on this exact same topic. So some of those verses are still in here. So temperance or self-control is something that I struggle with all the time. And I bet it's something that you struggle with too. And it's something that God expects us to have. He expects us to have self-control. He expects us to control our emotions, our mouths our actions, and all these things. And it is one of the most important pieces of fruit. And to me, it seems like it's the last piece of fruit. But if you think about temperance, or you think about self-control, you need self-control temperance for those other pieces of fruit. Because sometimes you need to be faithful. And you need to make sure you, you have self-control to be faithful, or to have joy, or to have peace, or be kind. Or as, as Nathan talked about, meekness. That sometimes I have to really discipline myself and, and control myself to have that meekness that God wants me to have. So temperance is extremely important for us this morning. And I'll have almost all the verses up here on the board in the King James Version. For you, there'll be one time that we'll go read 2 Peter chapter 1. So if you have a Bible there, we want to keep that handy as we go and read those scriptures this morning as well. Temperance or self-control. The Bible says here in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And we looked at New King James Version and King James Version and, and some of, of the, the differences there. And Riley read from the King James or, or the new New King James Version this morning, and I'm reading from the King James Version. Both are good translations if you're studying. If you're not sure, both are good translations. I'm reading out of the King James Version this morning. But when you do a word study there on temperance, from Strong's Greek Dictionary, temperance, which is Strong's number 1466, which is that word right there, ink, cart, ia, and that's not how you say it. It means self-control. So it's a simple definition for us. When you see the word temperance, it means self-control. So as, as we look at all, all these fruits, we understand that each one of them is important. Each one of us need to be bearing those fruits of love and joy and peace, long-suffering and meekness and, and faith or faithfulness, but temperance, self-control is something that God expects out of all of his children. If you are a Christian and you are trying to bear fruit, you must have self-control and discipline yourself to do those things. And it's not just about sin. We're going to talk about that. We talk about having self-control in those sinful situations, certainly, but it's, it's much, much more than that. Temperance is something we should have in all aspects of our lives. Temperance means self-control. 
You know, the Bible tells us in Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, the Bible here says, For this cause let thy thee in Crete, this is Paul speaking to Titus, and he says, That thou shouldest see it set in order the things that are wanting, and, order, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any, man, if, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not, a, not accused of right or, or unruly, for a bishop or an elder there must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, not striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. These verses here are the qualities or qualifications of an elder. When we look at these things, I hope that you see the value in these verses, that these are some things that we all should strive to have in our lives. But these are the things that elders should have or be able to do in order to obtain that office. One of those things is temperance. Being temperate, being self-controlled, an elder or a bishop must be self-controlled. So it is extremely important. Not only is it important in this fruit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5, when we are looking for men to lead the church, one of the things that's on that list is be self-controlled, is be temperate. Now, if you ask either one of our elders, and I'm not putting them on the spot, uh, that they are a temperate, self-controlled man, my answer is yes, and they weren't born with that. You might think that's the way. It's like, oh, they're just born self-controlled. No, it was something that they had to exercise, discipline, and educate themselves towards these goals. And it's the same for us, brothers and sisters. Where I'm not saying we all, should, we, we all should look towards being that elder, but we should look at these qualities and see they're in ourselves, especially temperance. It's extremely important. And it's something that certainly in my case I have to work for. I have to work very hard to be self-controlled, very hard to be temperate in my life. Now back to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21 here, the Bible says, backing, backing up a little bit in our text from Galatians chapter 5 that we've been looking at all these weeks, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reverings, and such like, the list could go on. Of that which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you do these things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And it says, that now the works of the flesh are manifest. That word manifest means they're, they're bright. They are apparent. We know those things. We see those things. We see those sinful situations in the world. We may see those sinful situations in our lives. That you can look at all this list, and a lot of this list is some really bad stuff. But if you notice, it says, and the such like. We're, we're talking about the works of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. That sinful man, that sinful nature is something that each and every one of us have. That we have to fight against. That we have to battle against. That's where that temperance and that self-control comes from. It says these things we see all the time. You see it on the news. You see it at work. You see it at school. The works of the flesh are apparent. They are evident. You can see those things. And God here wants you to do what? Bear the fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. Not these things. But it's an issue. Is it a problem for you? It's a problem for me. Because my flesh, Justin's flesh, Justin's self, wants to do things that are contrary to the Word of God. 
And I have to discipline myself to have that self-control. Backing up even further in Galatians chapter 5, the Bible says here in Galatians chapter 5, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would, but if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. So the Bible here says in verse 17 that, that, that the flesh is contrary. It says the spirit and the flesh are against each other. And that happens every day. So that's why it's so important for God to point out you must be self-controlled because God understands. Paul, who's writing this letter, understands. He gets it 100%. He's like, I understand the pressure. I understand the things of the flesh, the things that your body wants to do that are contrary to God or your mind. It says these things are contrary. It's a struggle. It's a fight. It's a battle. It's a war for you to bear this fruit. As we've talked about, it's not natural for us to want to strive to bear that fruit of the Spirit. It's easy to do the works of the flesh. I mean, broad is the way, right? That's, that's easy. But the narrow way, God's way, takes discipline and exercising yourself prayer and study to have that temperance, that self-control that God wants you to have in your life. I think this last piece of fruit kind of wraps it all up here. That you want to bear that fruit, you need to make sure you are disciplined in that fruit. You know, the Bible says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims on this earth, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. It says that Peter understands it too. And if you've read anything about Peter, he very much understands it. He says, the lust of the flesh war against the spirit. And it says, like, like we read back in Galatians chapter 5, it says that you want to bear that fruit. But sometimes that flesh gets in the way and you can't do the things that you would. That means you can't do the things that you want to do. Why? Because you're in a fight. You're in a battle. You're in a war for self-control over yourself. Because Satan wants you to do what? Fleshly lust. You want the flesh. You want the world. You want all those things. And God wants you to not have those things. But I want us to understand and recognize that it's a battle. It's something that we should do constantly in our minds to make sure that we have that self-control. So to have your conversation honest, that as evildoers speak against you, they're going to see your good works. You know what they're going to see? They're going to see that fruit of the Spirit. He says, you need to abstain from these fleshly lusts because they war against the soul and bear the fruit of the Spirit so that when they try to say something against you, they're going to say like, well, never mind. This person is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Here on Wednesday nights, if you're not, it's a wonderful study. When we go through these chapter studies and we look at the Word of God, in a more in-depth, but we just finished our study in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 24, Paul is, is a prisoner now. And he's brought before this, this court, so to speak. Paul's a prisoner, and he's brought before Felix. And, and, and he's brought before Felix, and he's, he's a prisoner. He's, he's in chains. And Felix comes along, and Felix wants to, he wants to hear Paul because Paul has caused all these uproars in the church. People, there's been mobs that are wanting to just kill Paul and all this stuff and this Christian sect that they're, they're looking at or they're interested in is starting to spread. And Felix is just curious. He's like, I want to I hear about this stuff. 
So Paul goes to Felix in this court, and it says here, after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. So Felix wanted to hear Paul about what? About the faith in Christ. One of the things that Paul talks about, he talks about righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. What's he talking about? He's preaching the gospel message to him. When we, took, when we look at the gospel, when we look at becoming a Christian, one of the things there is temperance. And that word is the same word we've been studying, self-control. Paul was telling him, here's the faith in Christ. The faith in Christ is you are not righteous, but Christ is righteous. You need that righteousness. You also need self-control. That's repentance. You need to repent from your sinful self, that fleshly lust, and turn towards God. Why? Because there's a judgment to come. And Felix was frightened. It says he trembled. I don't know if he just trembled about the, 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 the judgment to come, but I think he trembled about all of it. It says here, that Paul said, you need to have self-control and temperance. And I don't think Felix had self-control, and I don't think he had temperance. How is your battle going this morning? I want us to seriously self-examine ourselves and look at how our life is going. When we talk about bearing this fruit, are you self-controlled at all times? I don't mean sitting here this morning. I mean all times of your life, are you having temperance? Are you thinking about God's righteousness? Are you aware or ready for the judgment to come? Because if you don't have self-control and you don't have temperance and you're not bearing the fruit of God, then judgment to come is going to be bad. And Felix trembled. And it says there, when I have a, a convenient season or another opportunity, I'll come. I'll hear you again. He did that. If you go back and study, as far as I know, Felix never came around to the feet of Jesus because he didn't want to have self-control. He didn't want to have temperance. It's a fight, it's a war, it's a battle, and we need to exercise ourselves towards righteousness. So if you're in that boat and you're thinking, how can I improve my temperance? How can I improve my self-control? How can I bear the fruit of the spirit that God wants me to bear? One of those things is we need to exercise ourselves towards righteousness. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith, and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast obtained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. Paul, writing to Timothy here, says, Make sure that you put all these things that I'm teaching you in remembrance. And he says here that you make sure that you are exercising yourself or thyself on the godliness. It says bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. The life that now is is this life that now is. And we have been studying on how we bear the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the things that we can prepare ourselves to bear the fruit of the Spirit is that we are exercising ourselves unto godliness and this is bodily exercise profit little you know bodily exercise does profit and one of the things that we can learn from that is that if you want to exercise or you want to do things you have to start small right 
You don't just go into a gym and grab 500 pounds and start waving it around. You have to build yourself up. You don't just go out and run a marathon. You have to train yourself up. You can't just step out of this building this morning. Hopefully you step out with the thought to have better self-control. But it's not just going to happen like this. You need to exercise yourselves towards godliness. And start with the small things. Start with the little things. I'm going to ha- have an example here in a moment. But what... Paul is telling Timothy, he's like, I understand that exercising this body is good. It's healthy. He said, but you need to exercise towards godliness because that is going to help you bear the fruit in this life and give you that life eternal with Jesus Christ, which is the goal, right? You need to exercise yourselves on the godliness. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Luke chapter 16, verse 10, the Bible says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is, un, is, is unjust also in much. And we understand what Jesus is saying here. He's saying if you're faithful in the small things, the big things are just going to come along. You got you to gotta start small. You got to focus on, on, on the little things. You know, this verse is a, is a true teaching for temperance and self-control as well. If you need to start bearing that fruit and you need that temperance, smart, start with the small things. Find out what is in your way and find out what you can do to improve that so that you have better timbers and better self-control. If you need to work on your meekness or your faithfulness or your love or your joy or your peace, find out what helps you do those things and start doing that a little bit. And then start doing that a little bit more and a little bit more and you discipline yourself for the fight that is continuous throughout your life of temperance and self-control. I think that fight might get easier as you get older. At the moment, it's not easy for me. I have to constantly condition my body and my mind towards God's word and his way so that I can have self-control. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun, excuse me, go down on your wrath. Ephesians 6 Verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all, all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says, study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now why do I have all these verses up here for? Well, believe it or not, I get angry. It's an issue. It's a problem that I have. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Be angry and don't give in to those fleshly lusts or those fleshly things and do things that are contrary to the spirit. That's the battle, right? You know, when I get angry or I get upset or I feel like my self-control is lacking, if I start praying to God, I find out that I I can get through that. I have better self-control. I have better temperance. If I need to be more meek or more kind or more gentle to somebody that is not being kind and not being gentle to me, if I just stop and I pray about it, pray for that person, pray for for strength, pray for peace, pray for bearing that fruit of the Spirit, I'm able to have better self-control. Also, if I find myself getting angry and I study the Word of God and I'm constantly in the Word of God, it is easier for me to bear the fruit of the Spirit. If you are studying God's Word every day and you are waking up reading some verses and thinking about those verses, your anger issue, if you had that, will start to get better. But just go small. Don't don't just start reading, you know, I'm going to start reading, but you know, you might want to just read a few verses or read some passages or start in Proverbs or things like that. Get inside God's word and you will have better self-control and temperance in your life. So when I feel angry, if I just stop and I pray, it helps me fix that issue. If I'm angry, I open God's word, start studying it, 
start having that word, that godliness in you. That's, that's one of the ways that I exercise myself towards godliness is more praying and more studying. And I just wanted to share that with you. If you're having some problem, maybe it's not anger, but you know you need better self-control or better temperance, try these steps. Try stopping and praying. Try studying God's word and see if that improves your temperance, improves your self-control so that you can bear the fruit of the Spirit. I had rather read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, because in my case, when it comes to self-control and temperance, these verses are key. If you can do these things and have these things, you will have self-control. You will be able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, and this is a little bit different from, from how, how Riley read it. In King James Version, it says, verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we for an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached, uh, preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or be disqualified is how, how it read, read for, for Riley. And, and it says there, I keep under my body or I discipline my body. Let's start, let's start back in verse 24. Paul is, is writing here to the church at Corinth, and he's saying here that the race that you run is the life that you live that now is. And we are wanting to do what? Bear the fruit of the Spirit. It says here, run your race that you may obtain the prize. Don't just run your, your race and say, you know, as long as I cross that finish line, it's fine. No, put forth the effort, put forth the time, put forth the study so that you obtain that crown in that race. It says that every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Are you striving for the mastery of yourself? Because if you're not, then I don't know how you're doing it. You have to strive to be the master of your mind and the master of your body and the master of your thoughts. If you strive for that and you are exercising and disciplining yourself, you can run your race with what? Temperance. You'll be temperate in all things. You'll have self-control, but it takes a lot of effort. Does for, uh, for me, maybe for some people it's a little bit easier, but for me it takes effort, constant effort. It says, so I fight not as one that beateth the air. That's, that's like fighting like a boxer who instead of like fighting his opponent is over here punching the air before he gets knocked in the ear hole. It's saying that if you're going to discipline, if you're going to fight yourself, then you need to make sure that you are doing it, not just one beating the air. Make sure that you are disciplining your body, that you are exercising yourself. And it says there, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. This is a fantastic verse. Riley, or in the New King James Verse, said, I discipline my body. If you look it up in the, in, the, in the NIV, it says, I strike a blow to myself. That word in Strong's means to hit under your eye. And what is Paul saying? Paul's saying, this guy, Paul, makes, wants to make sure that he is running his race properly and bearing the fruit of righteousness. And my body, my fleshly self, wants to do things that are contrary to God. And that war is constantly going on in Paul. So Paul says, if I have to go so far as figuratively beating myself in the face to make sure that I have discipline and I have self-control, that's what I'm going to do. 
because Paul is preaching the gospel to people. We are, gonna, we are supposed to bear the fruit of the Spirit so that people can see the light of God, so they can see that light and that glory of God and come into this building and fill these seats so that we can save souls. And sometimes that means that we need to be the best Christian that we can be, and sometimes that takes a lot of discipline. And I like the thought, not hitting myself in the face, but when you are talking about self-control, it is difficult, and you need to make sure you beat your fleshly body down so that you can have the spiritual fruit of the Spirit. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of exercising so that you can be temperate and so that you can be self-controlled. And once you do these things, if you practice this, you need to do it diligently. Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, but he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says, he, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Now, I'm, I have this verse here not talking about money. I'm talking about fruit. If you have a diligent hand and you are constantly studying God's word and bearing that fruit and loving, having joy and peace and long-suffering, you're going to be rich in the things that you should be rich or treasure should be in heaven where your heart should be. Bearing that fruit. It says here that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. If you look up that word diligently, that it, 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 sometimes it means speed. It means quickly, diligently do those things. Have that constant effort and that constant effort every day, every hour, every minute, and every second, at least for me, to have that self-control constantly rolling in my mind. I have to be diligent in these things, diligent in studying, diligently in praying, diligent in being aware of the sinful nature that I have so that I can bear the fruit of God. So make sure that your hand is diligent. Make sure that you are diligently seeking God, that you are diligently seeking that fruit of the Spirit. You'll have that temperance and you'll have that self-control. If you would grab a Bible and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. As we read 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, as, as, as you're turning there, you may, understand, you may know these verses. As the Christian virtues is, 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 is what they're called sometimes. And I'm not switching topics here. I'm not switching to a whole new set of things. But you'll see the, the, you'll see the, the, the similarity here in these virtues as well as the fruit of the Spirit. You know, in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So who's, who's he writing to? Let's just establish that for a minute. Who is the audience that Peter's writing to? He's saying to those that have obtained like precious faith. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to you and I. He's writing to those that have been saved, that have believed, have been baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's who he's writing to. Verse 3, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he's saying there, you have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That fleshly lust, right? He's saying you have escaped that. You have obtained Jesus Christ and you have his word. 
But then he says this in verse 5, it says, And besides this, besides having all those things, he says, Give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you that ye shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of God our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. Verse 10, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so, in the, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, verse twelve. Wherefore I will not neglect to put you in you to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and are established in the in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, or I think it necessary, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir up you by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I will put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. So Paul, there's a little bit of urgency here. Sorry, Peter, when Peter is, is writing here, there's a little bit of urgency. And, and we see that he's writing to Christians. He says he's writing to those that have obtained like precious faith. And he says those that have escaped the lust. But then he says, but now that you've done that, I want you to add to your faith. And one of those things that you add to your faith is temperance, is self-control. It said there's knowledge, there's brotherly kindness there, but, but one of those things is that you should have temperance and add temperance to your faith. But it says giving all diligence. He said, look, I understand you're Christians. I understand you're saved. I understand that you've escaped that lust of the world because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice. But make sure that you are diligent in what? Temperance. Make sure that you are diligent in self-control. And, and he says, give all diligence in these things. And we're just focusing on temperance here this morning. It says in verse 8, for if these things be in you and abound, thou should, that, that you should neither be barren or unfruitful. And I love the fact that it says unfruitful. We want to be fruitful, don't we? That's what we've been talking about. We want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. He, he's saying that you should have temperance and self-control abounding. Complete and total self-control. You know, anytime I talk to people or you talk to people and you say, I just lost control. We don't normally say, I lost complete control. I was loving all the time. I had joy. You wouldn't believe the joy that I had. And my peace was constant. I was so meek and so gentle. And my self-control was just perfect. I was out of control. That's not what we say. If we're out of control, we're doing the works of the flesh. If we're out of control, we are angry and sinning. We need to have self-control that is abounding. It also said there in verse 10, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence... It is fantastic to me that Peter is saying, give all diligence, add to your faith, temperance, self-control. Then he says, giving more diligence. He's continuously telling them to be diligent. Why? Because I think Peter understands his body and his fleshly lust. He says, you want to make your calling and election sure? Be completely and totally diligent to make sure that you have temperance and self-control in your life. Then he says, wherefore, I will not neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things. You know, when it comes to self-control, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, when it comes to knowledge and all these things, and brotherly kindness, Peter is saying, you need to be constantly reminded. 
constantly reminded that you should have self-control, constantly reminded that you are the children of God and that you need to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And, and he says that, <clears throat> though ye know that and are established in the present truth, he says, I know you're established. I, I know you know. But guess what? You can get into trouble like that. So you be, better be diligent. You better be ready. Because Satan is out there wanting to get the people that are in this room. And it says, yea, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle to turn you up, putting you in remembrance, more remembrance. When he says in this tabernacle or in this tent, he means in this body. He says, as long as I am breathing air, Peter says, I'm going to remind you to have temperance, to have all these things. And if you remember in verse 14 that we read, it's like, even though I'm about to die. That's basically what he's saying. Even though I'm about to put this tent off. And be with Jesus Christ, which is much better. But at the moment, I am breathing oxygen. And I'm going to remind you, be diligent in self-control. Be diligent in bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And in closing, I would like to look a little bit more in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through, through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Do you have this fruit in your life? Are you bearing this fruit daily? Against such there is no law. Verse 24, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If ye live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's the key. That's the thing that motivates me. That's the thing that gets me up and gets me going, is that when I realize that if you are Christ, all that fleshly stuff that we talked about, guess what? You have crucified that. It is dead. You are now living in the Spirit. And if you feel like you're slipping, remember, nah, I've already killed that man. I've already killed those lusts. I've already done away with that sinful self because Jesus Christ gave me that option. And I took that option. And I'm Jesus Christ now. And I've crucified all those affections and all those lusts are buried in a watery grave. So now I can bear the fruit of the Spirit. So remember that, if that encourages you as you're going out and you're thinking about temperance, you're thinking about self-control, as we close this fruit of the Spirit, and you're thinking about bearing all these fruits of the Spirit, remember that you are Christ, and Christ is there for you. And Christ wants you to bear the Spirit of the fruit. He wants you to bear the fruit of the Spirit, and you can do that because you crucified that fleshly self. That when that war creeps up and that battle starts and you have to really fight for that battle, remember, I've already killed that person. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you think of this verse, you can bear that fruit. You can bear any of these fruits. When you realize that since the Son of God loved me so much and was crucified on the cross so that I can be saved, that I am able to crucify the flesh, crucify all those sinful situations in my life, and then I can live a life that is bearing the fruit of the Spirit, that is temperate, that is loving, that is controlled, that is meekness because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is everything. We are able to do these things because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice for us. And I hope it encourages us that we bear the fruit of the Spirit and that we have temperance and self-control in our lives. This morning, if you are having a, a trouble, if you are having an issue or, or you're having some self-control problems or some temperate problems and you want, you want some help with the prayers of the church, we, we, can, uh, we, we, we can help you with that. 
if you are not a child of God and you want to start that, that journey, you want to be crucified with Jesus Christ that's buried in this water grave. You want to be baptized and to rise and walk in newness of life, ready to bear the fruit of the Spirit, ready to put to death the old man and be the new man, the man that is walking as God wants him to be, the, the, the woman that is walking as God wants her to be, that is bearing the fruit of the Spirit, that has self-control and all these things. Jesus Christ can make it happen. And we have water behind me. We are prepared to, uh, uh, to uh, assist you in any way that we can. If you would, please Come and sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.